Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good at StraightOutTheDen.com. Um, man, we we on the road today. This is like the second or third podcast that we got done. Uh, you guys won't know that because when they come out, you'll think that they're brand new. Um, but I did want to go ahead and just go over a few ground rules, man. If y'all could, I know y'all get tired of me saying this, but I have to keep saying it over and over. Make sure if you guys are listening on SoundCloud to subscribe to the Straight Out the Den podcast on iTunes, man. It's easy to do. Click the button. It's right up under the um, podcast. Just click it. Go to subscribe. Rate the podcast. Uh, give it five stars. Comment on it. Tell us what you like, what you really think about the podcast, man. All of that would be greatly appreciated. Um, also, just make sure if you could to, um, after subscribing, just go on the website. We have a survey. Take the survey. It takes like literally two minutes really a minute and a half and we do that uh, as far as our advertisers man so they can kind of get some demographic information and also for us to know who we're talking to so we can properly know how to address you um but now that those ground rules are out the way i would like to um introduce you guys to our next guest who already got points with me because he walks in with wings fries lemonade that's how you do it man that's how you do it as you hear him he's drinking a lemonade right now delicious and we're going to be eating at the time, so, you know, <laughs> sorry, but, yeah. By the way, these wings are garbage. <laughs> they are right, go there again. They are right. Salty they are right. shit. But they are salty. They are salty, <laughs> and I'm going to have to drink um, a couple of bottles of water after it just you to may, make sure yeah. that I'm okay. You may have to take some shots for your sodium intake. And yeah, <laughs> I know, right? This this is actually all bad for me, and I shouldn't be eating this. And um, so, thank you. We're doing that, <laughs> but that voice that you're hearing right now is uh, just help me welcome. Get the name Spooks McGee. Spooks McGee, what's going on, Atlanta, and uh, the whole world? The whole world, man. Listening. The whole, whole world. world. Yeah, Everybody's world, listening. World, yeah. Everybody's listening. But hey, man, I appreciate you coming through. Um, yeah, man, no problem. You know, I want to go ahead and just start at the beginning of how I first came to you know um, hear about you. Okay. Um, the homie, um, and you guys are familiar with the Winning Team Collective. Um, Winning the Team. Member. Yes, sir. Uh, Abib Jalil, man. I, I met this dude. Man, brilliant. Man, maybe like three, four. No, it's it's actually, it's been a while, man. Maybe like, oh, maybe four or five years. Maybe four or five years. And if I'm wrong, Bib, you'll, you'll let me know. I actually just saw him the other night. He performed um, at a spot over at Pag Lounge in Atlanta, man. But, you know, I met Bib through Coop. And um, you know, we we just kind of built a relationship on some on some music that we were doing, and um, you know, he's always been the type of dude to kind of point me in the right direction of some dope hip hop. You know what I mean? And he pointed me in the direction of you, and that's how this happened. You know what I mean? So, um, first, I want to start like, how did you guys link up, you and Bib? Wow, it's like um, it's a small world after all. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, okay, so my wife. Mm-hmm. Whom I married on October 11, 2012. Um, hey, congrats, man. Thank you. That's a beautiful um, thing. Thank you, thank you. And I, I, um, at first she was telling me, this is just a little side note. At first she was telling me, you know, you're an artist, you're out here, you know, you gotta, um, you know, put that sex appeal out there. You know? <laughs> but, you know, I think that that angle has already been done a million times, you know. And I think it's time for us to start pushing people to the forefront that um, are for monogamy. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, putting black people to, to understand that it's important to have that Huxtable type, you know, thing going on. It's the real yeah. deal, you know. And um, once you get that kind of a connection... I mean, everything just starts falling into place. And uh, <clears throat> Abib and Amina uh, used to work together a long time ago. She's also 
a phenomenal artist, phenomenal producer, mm-hmm. uh, singer, songwriter, guitarist. And, um, you know, they used to vibe together. You know, Bib's always been involved in the music. So, um, you know, she uh, kind of slipped away from the music for a long time. But uh, 10, day, 10 years down the line or so, you know, we, 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 we communicate thanks to social media. And, yeah. Uh, um, you know, Bib is like, you know, just coming over recording some stuff for her and myself and then all of a sudden you know just it, it, the vibe was awesome we're like you know we should do a whole album a whole project so dope, dope dope it's awesome you know yeah man you know it, it's funny that's just how hip-hop is man it's like one big world you mm-hmm. know what i mean like mm-hmm. and, and it's a small world oh yeah um at, at that it's all about like you meet somebody they have connections you guys kind of get together then mm-hmm. next thing you know you're creating a whole album it's crazy it's like um uh this guy uh george um George, you know, I'm, he's going to kill me for not remembering his full name. But he always likes to run the full government. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but his, his name is George. He's from he, he he's the owner of Classic uh, Clothing Line, C L A S S I K, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they uh, they uh, they sponsored Pluto Smith's album. You did a, 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 a podcast, podcast with him. Pluto, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like I said, small world. And so, um, <clears throat> uh, actually, I, I did a, a video chat with George. And uh, and uh, and uh, a bib, and he decided, hey, you know what? Let me go ahead and call um, Jay Coop. Mm-hmm. Turns out that Jay Coop goes to school with the guy that's doing the thing with me, and it's just like this crazy connections, you know? Yeah, that that, that is crazy, man. <laughs> his brother, his brother goes to school with him. Like, wow, insane. Like, <laughs> man, speaking of classic, man. Hey, if y'all are hearing this, um, I love some clothes. I'm just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> I'll throw it out there. You know, send me some clothes. Yeah, I'll shout out classic. Clothes, yeah. I know they got some dope stuff. I've seen it. I've seen it. They're dope, man. But just, hey, look out for the small people, man. That's all I got to say. Look out for the small people. They're having their uh, their second annual uh, uh, classic uh, barbecue mm-hmm. for their new uh, clothing line they're dropping. Uh, you know, my I put it on. Hold on. I don't know why my phone is in airplane. But, oh, I, I didn't want it to ring while we were doing the thing. But, um, yeah, I, I'll give you all a rundown, you know, where it's going to be at and stuff, you know. Check it out. Yeah, definitely, man. If you're in the Atlanta area, go and shout out the classic, man. Uh, they're, yeah. they're doing something great for the culture, and, and that's what we're all about. We're all about the culture. We're all about making things better than what they already are, man. Let's mm-hmm. progress, you know. Oh, yeah. um, we got a lot to get through with you, man. Oh, yeah. There's a whole lot. There's a whole lot that we, we want to do. Um, you know, I, I definitely want to start at the name, you know. Because that name is a name that kind of sticks out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's a name that I'm thinking, like, it had to come from somewhere. I don't think you just, like, <laughs> popped up, like, boom, this is it. So, you know, start with the name Spoof McGee, man. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> wow. Um, it's, uh, okay, so <clears throat> when I was in high school, I was in this uh, program uh, that was created by the Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. Um, it's a junior fraternity. It's called uh, Sigma Beta. And uh, at the time, um, when you they they had all the sort of same traditions that most uh, you know traditional fraternities have, which is you know you get in the line, you're interviewed, you go through your little um, you know hazing. I mean, I don't want to say that they were hazing, but it was like you know what I know they could, yeah, yeah, what they could, what they was. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> um, another thing was you'd get a line name. It was a common thing. I also used to step. I used to be the set, the stepmaster in the, for the uh, for the Sigma Betas, like my second, like my junior year, my, my sophomore year. Um, I was choreographing the steps and stuff. So anyway, we, we were do, we were really engulfed in this uh, community. Shout out to uh, Kevin West out mm-hmm. there. Um, really great mentor, really great guy. You know, Doctor Kevin West. He got his doctorate, and um, just putting young young black men into into the right community. Anyway, um, I was I was really into um, doing um, you know magic tricks. 
okay. <laughs> at the time when I was younger, David Blaine was just like the big thing, man. Mm-hmm. So I would like create my own versions of his tricks, car tricks, freak people out. And I was so good at it that people would actually be scared. And they, they started calling me Spooks. They call me Spooks, McGee, Spooks. They call me Spooks. And um, uh, I added the McGee as my surname. My last name yeah. is McGee. And um, you know the way I spell it, M-C-G-H-I-E, is the Caribbean way. You know, a lot of most Caribbeans, they spell it like that. You know, if you go, you know, if people from, you know, Jamaica or mm-hmm. other islands, they usually spell it M-C-G-H-I-E. Um, lucky for me, I've increased my web presence so much so that people don't really have to know how to spell it. <laughs> we just type spooks, S-P-O-O-K-S, and then M-C, then Google will be like, spooks McGee. Yeah, that's it, right. <laughs> so um, that's really a blessing. And for anyone who knows about web search optimization, that's pretty difficult to, you know, achieve. But I've just been grinding so hard. Every time I hear about social media, I make a spooks McGee page. So everything yeah. is universal. It's all exactly exactly the same there's no difference facebook instagram twitter tumblr myspace youtube uh reverb nation uh, my soundcloud got deleted i'm not gonna get into that <laughs> <laughs> the, the copyright issues but but everything is universal it's all spooks mcgee and yeah you, and that's why, why it's so easy for them to find me online i was gonna say man that's um that's something that people don't know is mm-hmm. so important mm-hmm. that uh just web presence and you know all of that yeah and, 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 you know, I, I talk to a lot of artists. Yeah. And um, one thing that's kind of common between a lot of the artists, I ask them for their social media stuff, and it's like 12 different things. Yeah. Yo, just check me out on, on Twitter. Uh, my name is uh, JXL underscore uh, hashtag uh, number two, uh, three, four, five, uh, six, seven, eight. <laughs> and then accent on the E. He said it, not me. <laughs> but it's true, though. You yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah. and it's like, you know, you need to have stuff universal so people can keep up with you mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, that that SEO man, I, trust me, I I know all about it. I remember <laughs> when I first started the site, it was yeah. just my a site for me being a producer. So mm-hmm. I just used to put my beats and stuff like that on there. Mm-hmm. And for the longest, it was done through a Tumblr page. Mm-hmm. So everything would be straight out to then dot Tumblr dot com, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was yeah. like, man, like how long is that gonna be there? And so it took a while. Yeah, yeah. It took a while, and finally straight out to then, you know, you can type str the number eight and o and Mm-hmm. Boom, we're there. Yep. You know what I mean? So I know that feeling of when you yeah. you get that and it's like, oh man, yeah, yeah. You know, so I totally get you. I, I well, get you, man. As far as the name Spooks McGee, um, of course it was just a little, you know, nickname for me back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has it has since evolved just like me. You know, I was very simple. I'm, I'm I'm growing every day and the name also evolved into something more than just, you know, a little nickname, a little scary guy doing card tricks, a little goofy white mm-hmm. light skinned kid, you know what I'm saying? It it, it became something more. Just like everything that I've been doing since I was young has become something more. Mm-hmm. Um, what I see Spooks McGee as now, a lot of people don't know this, but spook is actually a racial term against black people. It was really popular for a while. Um, you know, they would call them coon, they would call them nigger, they would call them spook. Um, I, I think that that's an interesting concept to think that, you know, a, a spook, another, the other definition for a spook is something that's scary, like a ghost or something of that nature. Yeah. And um, it, it, it it's, a, it's a really interesting concept um, to think that someone is afraid of the people that they ruled over. So I feel like it, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about it like that. It's like, my name is Spooks, and I'm, I put fear into a lot of people's hearts. Not because I'm a you know macho man or I'm in people's face trying to be hardcore, but because I take the risks that a lot of people are scared to do. I go out and follow my dreams. I'm true to myself. I am who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't let anybody tell me otherwise. And let's talk to a lot about people, those risks. Scary. Yeah, let's talk about those risks though, because you, you know, one thing that's as I drop my fry, um, <laughs> one thing that people have to realize is this: 
this music industry mm-hmm. is very risky. Oh yes, it's it's not what the general public think it is. It's you know what easy, I mean? Like, like not, it's not you know fast money. It's none of that. Shit. No, it is 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 absolutely none of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like what you see on TV is one thing. It's entertainment. You know, and and I try to stress this to people because I talk to people all the time, and and it's, sometimes it's hard to get that message across because it's me saying it. And I'm not the guy on TV every day. So it sounds kind of like this guy here doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I've been around long enough to con- that can tell you that a lot of these artists that you're seeing on the TV screen with all these chains and everything, some of them own those chains, but that's all they own. <laughs> you know what I mean? A lot of them are going home to an apartment. They're mm-hmm. going home to a, a, a lease that the label gave them mm-hmm. that in six months is is gone and they don't have anything. They're back on the mm-hmm. mart or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like... And even then, they've been doing it for, what, 15, 20 years? <laughs> and, and the thing is, the, the the problem with that system is you get so caught up mm-hmm. in trying to run. It's kind of like, what's the thing that, um, that the gerbils be on? Oh, um, I forgot what it just, is. I think it's just called a wheel. Just a wheel. And that's what happens. These artists, they're on the wheel, and they're constantly trying to chase mm-hmm. perception. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh, and uh-huh. they do this the whole time, and then at the end of the race, they're tied out. They get off and they're in the same spot. They mm. didn't go anywhere mm. because they're so busy trying to be something that they're mm. not. Instead mm-hmm. of being themselves, like, look, I got this mm-hmm. or I have that. Yeah. And that's it. I'll be straight up. I mean, yeah. I'm, I, I'm a musician. <clears throat> I've been doing music for 11 years. I've been making beats for um, a long time. You know, I started a, a, a recording studio in my grandmother's basement when I was 15, you know, and I've always had this vision since I was a child. So I've been doing this for a long time. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm the first one that'll say, I'm not rich. I'm not, you know, the biggest name in the industry. I will be. I know this. Um, but right now, I'm a pest control specialist. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. That's why my bread and butter is. And before that, I was a bagel boy. And before that, I was a garbage man. And before that, I was working in a call center. And I can go back and back and back to these little menial jobs that I had. But even throughout all of those, no matter what position I took, no matter what job I took, no matter what I did, I was true to self. But I always knew that I had something that was greater than that. And that's why I wrote a song that goes, you know, it's called, it's only temporary, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I can spit a little bit of it for you if you want. Go, go for it. It's all good, yeah. Let's Um, see. It'd be like a... Be like, uh, back in the same place that I was when I started. Same old routine, same shit, lame shit. This ain't what I wanted, but it's cool. Cause it's only for a moment, I'ma be on and everybody gon' know it. Got me a seed and pretty soon I'ma sow it. Heart of a lion and the soul of a poet, damn. See, they don't understand. It's all part of a plan that was laid out way before I was even born. I'm singing that it's only temporary. Worry ain't necessary from you. So listen to me clearly. There's only but so much that you can do. So live it up. And I'm going to keep on holding on because I know that there's a path and there's a destination that I have to go. Um, wherever, whatever, you know, paths and, uh, you know, side roads I have to take, um, I'm going to take them. But mm-hmm. I know that it's inevitable for me to get to that destination that I've been dreaming about since I was a child. It's more than just a dream. It's a goal. Definitely, definitely, man. That, that's dope, by the way. You just Thank called you. me off guard with that. I thought, you, I thought you was about to give us some bars for a second, and then you just went went into... <laughs> well, the thing about me is that I'm a hip-hop artist. I'm hip-hop all day. Um, but you can do everything. But I, yeah, but I've always been a vocalist. Mm-hmm. So what I learned was, when I was doing recording sessions in my grandmother's basement, 
when I was 15, 16, um, a lot of everybody wanted to be a rapper. Mm-hmm. So people that would come in my studio, I would charge them for recording sessions, and they were all rappers. Now sometimes I would make beats for rappers, and sometimes you know I would be on, I would be rapping on the songs because they wanted me to rap with them, and I would observe the raps and I would observe it, you know, the, 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 um, fast paced writing style mm-hmm. of hip hop artists. And I utilize that. If you look at a lot of the people who have, who have deviated from rap music, CeeLo Green, um, uh, just to name Atlanta people, CeeLo Green, um, who else? Um, some can say Andre 3000, Andre 3000, um, uh, and even Bone Thugs and Harmony were, were deviating from rap to a degree because even though they were rapping, they were singing. And that and this is this is kind of what you get when you get Spooks McGee. I'll spit some dope ass bars, but I'm also gonna be the guy that's gonna you know. That's dope, sing. man. You know that that's showing that you're well rounded as as an artist. You know what I mean? And, and that's key. Like you have to. There's nothing more beautiful than being able to rap, but I can sing my hooks too. You know, I don't <laughs> yeah. have to go out and, and grab that. You know, um, I want to kind of take it back though. Okay. Take it back. Um. You know, you're not originally from Atlanta, right? No, I'm from, uh, I, I was born in Florida. I lived out there for maybe, you know, the first six, seven years of my life. And then I moved to uh, to uh, New Jersey. Jersey. Dirty Jersey. And I lived out there for about uh, 12, 13 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you get here? Wow. Um, my grandmother is who I was living with. My mother is uh, not, you know, all there. So um, unfortunately, I had to live with my grandmother. I have a... Four brothers and sisters. We're all half brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. We all have the same mother, different fathers. So it's a really delicate situation. Um, well, if you think about it that way, technically I only have two brothers and sisters since it's four halves. A little math joke. I'm sorry, but anyway, <laughs> he's um, a, he's a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> aside from that, um, yeah, I was living out in Jersey for a good minute. Everything was cool. I had the, base, the recording studio in my grandmother's basement. I had no intention of leaving. And I thought that this would be my end all, be all. I would be in the studio, and then I would go from my grandmother's basement studio to the bigger things. But God didn't want that. God had another plan for me. I don't know if y'all are spiritual people, but I believe in God. And I believe that God you know, puts me in places, and it's not about my time, but it's about his time. So, um, you know, I knew that there was something different going on. My grandmother... Bless her, bless her heart. She was, she is still alive. She's sixty. She was sixty five, I believe, when she got married to this guy named Francis. <laughs> and uh, hey, that's I only joke because my grandmother, she recently got married as well. Yeah. Like she, my my grandfather died when my dad was like a kid, you mm, know, three or yeah. four or five years yeah. old, and so she spent all of those years alone. And then, you know, mm. she finally got married a couple of years ago. So I can relate to exactly <laughs> yeah. what you're saying. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Me and Coop got really uh, similar lives. He, he's a, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm saying Coop, my bad. Me and Good. Good. I know what you uh, meant. Jay, the whole Jay thing. Yeah, yeah. It's but all yeah, good. Jay, me and Good, we got, we got a lot in common. You know, we're both entrepreneurs. We both have a vision and we're both, you know, married men. You know, we both have grandmothers who got remarried. Like, yeah, there <laughs> you go, man. <laughs> but, um, small world. Man. Yeah. <laughs> my grandmother got cheated on by my grandfather a long time ago. I don't want to put his, his business out there, but that's what happened. You know, it's, mm. it, it went down everybody knows it anyway um and uh she she got remarried and that didn't work out either then she had a little heart you know heart throb and he died a heart attack so you know she had a lot of ups and downs and then eventually she finally found this guy francis i think he's an okay guy I, he's from trinidad and she's from jamaica so i don't really understand what he was saying half the time because he's real country his accent is really thick and i'm like yeah definitely let's do that yeah but um <laughs> so anyway her and him decided that they didn't want to live in new jersey anymore Okay. They sold the house, and they moved to Georgia. Now, I'm like, yo, Jersey is my place. This is where I live, son. I'm in Jersey, my nigga. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I ended up living with my uh, aunt. My aunt was um, 
you know, she she she's going through med school. She's trying to become a doctor. She actually is a doctor now. At the time, she was she was you know going, going through med yeah. school, trying to you know do her thing, and uh, you know she she also my sister also you know needed a place to stay. So it was me, my sister, her two kids, and my aunt living in a one bedroom apartment in South Jersey. So that's a lot going on. Yeah, a lot I going was living on. in North Jersey. We moved to South Jersey. It's crazy how big the contrast is. I had a lot of good. I had a, and speaking of South Jersey, I really enjoyed South Jersey because mm-hmm. it's a big difference. You know, it's like you know it's not like North New Jersey that. I lived in in North Jersey, New York, Irvington area. It's really, um, you know, you have access to Philadelphia and Atlantic City, you know. So it's really cool. I really enjoyed that. But aside from that, you know, the whole the whole thing was like I'm um, living with my aunt. She's going through med school. It's not working. So um, she decided that you know it would be better if um, she gave me an ult- uh, ultimatum. I had long hair at the time. <laughs> she gave me an ultimatum. She said, "You cut your hair, and I'll buy you a plane ticket. And you have two options. You can either." Go to the military, or cut your hair, and I'd fly you to my grandma, to my mom's, to live with her. You know that's yeah. And um, I wasn't having the military thing, so I, I went to go live with my grandmother. Yeah, I feel you cut the hair, man. <laughs> and uh, after that, shit just went crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, Gwinnett so what, County. Gwinnett. I was gonna ask what part of Atlanta um were you in? I you was said in Gwinnett. Grayson. I was on the outskirts in Gwinnett County. Okay. Okay. And my goodness, man. So you say, my goodness, like, what is it about it that, you know, that experience being in Gwinnett, you know, um, coming from Jersey? Like, what part of Jersey was it? South Jersey, but like... I was in North Jersey at first. I was in North. New York, Irvington, Essex County area. Okay. Big okay. up to Essex County. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, wow. So what was the difference? Well, the, the main difference, difference is I'm a Jersey cat. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I, I'm really loud. I, I snap the table when I laugh. <laughs> uh, I slap my hands. I talk really loud. I'm like, yo, man, what's good? <laughs> I have a lot of energy, and uh, in the South, um, we lay back, bro. They lay back, and a lot, of, <laughs> and then you know, love all. I love all my Caucasian people, but um, certain people in the South they don't like to see people that excited. It, it, it makes them nervous. Um, in Jersey, it's a common thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they, they when when I was just being myself, they thought I was being aggressive, and this happened to me on numerous occasions. Yeah, yeah. So um, and I don't really have no malice in my heart. I'm a really loving guy. Um, I'm I'm the type of guy that you know is friends friends with everybody. So I don't I never understood that. Um, but it just was it just was crazy. It just it just started this whole spiral. I got arrested on numerous occasions. One of the times I ended up getting a felony. Um, and I had to do five years probation. I spent a year and a half in jail, almost two years in jail. Wow, wow. Um, in Gwinnett like, County, all this stuff. If you can, I don't mean to cut you off, but like, you know, mm-hmm. one thing that I'm about is sharing, mm-hmm. you know, your life because it can change somebody else's uh-huh. life. I'm, I'm very big on that. Uh-huh. So like, if you could, you know, talk about those experiences, you know what I mean? Like, if you want, I mean, it's up to you. You yeah, don't have yeah, to really good. go through that. But like, you know, what led you to... You know, being locked up for a year and a half, almost two years. And, well, yeah, I mean, well, I got locked up on numerous occasions. Um, one time it was because I'd been promoting this little show at a cafe where I was going to perform at this cafe. I performed there once before. They told me that I could be a featured artist. And I was, you know, passing out flyers. I was marketing it. And I had a couple people come by and, you know, show me love. And then, you know, when I got there, they said, you know, the last time you performed here, you, you rapped a little bit. And it's against our policy to rap. So we, re- so we can't book you and you can't perform. I said, well, I'm not going anywhere until you guys let me speak to the person that you booked in my place so I can at least arrange something for them because I'm more than just a rapper. Mm-hmm. This is the stigma that this is why I, I try to stay away from being a rapper because this is what happens. You know, people are like, rap. Oh, man, these little, you know, people are going to, mm-hmm. you know, cause trouble, you know? Yeah. And um, that's, that's what happened. So I sat down on the stage. I was kind of like a protest guy, you know? And, and I sat down on that stage and they, they arrested me. Mm. I was released the next day, but, you know, 
when I when I when I got when I came back, I got into another situation, an altercation with somebody who was just looking for trouble. Um, you know, and uh, one thing led to another. We started tussling a little bit. The cops came and I got arrested. The guy that started the fight was got free. I guess they, he was somebody's cousin or somebody that. Oh. Knew. And uh, yeah, I mean, at the time, I was doing a lot of research. I was looking at like a lot of Black History books. Mm-hmm. I, so I mean, you pull out my back, my backpack. They they dug in my bag, and you see all these books like Malcolm X, autobiography oh, of Malcolm X, and yeah, <laughs> all this stuff. But I wasn't like I'm not like like that. I'm not like you know, fist yeah. in the air, black you know, black power kind of guy. I'm, 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 I love everybody. I'm all good. You know what I'm saying? But I was just interested in that at that time, and it, it just appeared from looking in my bag that I was just out there starting trouble with people. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I got arrested again. Um, Next time I got arrested, I was actually when I got out of jail, my parents didn't want me back in. My grandmother wasn't having it. Her husband, mm-hmm. my grandmother would have let me in, but her husband wasn't having it. You know what I'm saying they automatically put a stigma on you as a hip hop artist. They automatically put a stigma on you if you ever go to jail. Mm-hmm. You instantly become a juvenile delinquent. Yeah. So I'm a good kid. I just got in the wrong place at the wrong time. All of a sudden, I'm a juvenile delinquent. Nobody wants me to live in their house. I don't know anybody in Georgia. So what happens? I'm homeless, homeless in Atlanta. Yeah, homeless in Atlanta. And one one thing, and, and this is not a, a plug or anything like that, but one thing that me and my wife do, like every month we prepare meals and we go and feed the homeless in Atlanta. So I'm directly connected to to what goes on, mm. and you know, and you see, you see what happens, man. Mm-hmm. And, and what's crazy is. I go out there and I talk to these people, you know, I shake hands. I, I just talk to them because they're regular people that just happen to be in a certain situation yeah. that they, you know, they're on the streets or whatever. But, you know, the common thing that I that I talk to them that I hear is that, man, you talking to me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? You know, because it kind of throws me back. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm talking to you. Like, It was like, man, do you know how many people walk by us every day and like are scared to talk? Mm-hmm. I was like, man, we just regular people that just happen to be in a bad situation right yeah. now. And I'm yeah. like, dude. I understand. I, it, it just it, it threw me a certain way because mm. I just didn't realize yeah. that it was like that. And even like I went to Georgia State downtown, so like you would see homeless people all the time. Yeah. And then I had to kind of learn that you know, dude, that's just something in your heart. Like mm-hmm, everybody mm-hmm. is the norm is to keep moving. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I I just have to accept that. And even trying to be humble, I'm like I don't understand why people just can't talk to you. But you know, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just no, had you're to, right. Yeah, you know, you're what good. I mean? you know what? And I, I like the outreach. Um, once a year. Um, we go to um, Atlanta uh, Christmas Day and give out clothing and things. But the reason I do that is because when I was homeless, this is after this is okay. So I got arrested again, and then and the second time I got arrested, they put on me, they put me on probation. Mm-hmm. Getting arrested a third time, um, you it was it was some silly crap. I think it was like I went out to go see some girls. Y'all y'all watch out for these. Um, you know, don't be going around you know chasing girls. You know, study your books, do what you gotta do because you'll end up getting in trouble for some BS. Anyway, <laughs> I went out there. This girl, she was bad. Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um. You know what I'm saying? Like, my ride couldn't come pick me up, so I started walking. And I came across this house. I know this sounds crazy, but this is this, sh- this shit really went down. This is a real true story. Mm-hmm. I came across this house, and these women, a bunch of women were out there singing songs. So I assumed that this was a church or something, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, can I use your phone so I can call another ride? And they were like, yeah. Um, the phone the phone number didn't answer. And the, and then they, they, then they decided, okay, this guy's walking down the street late at night by himself. Let's call the cops. So at this point, I'd already been arrested two times. Two times, yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm not having this. So um, she said, she, she's out, she, she locked the door. She's talking to me through the door. The cops said, the cops said, I'm out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm gone. Yeah. Uh, a couple blocks later, they, they found me, and they and they started questioning me. And they, and they like I said, I was a little and anxious i was kind of like oh my gosh this is happening again and uh, come on like please 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 don't let don't let this happen again i got things to do i'm a good kid i'm not trying to get in trouble i'm not trying to have any trouble blah 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 next thing you know i was arrested again 
Mm. But this time, the officer said that when he was arresting me, I tried to hit him. Uh, it was my word against his. I got a felony for obstruction of justice, and that was a violation of my probation. In addition to that, I had to extend my probation to five years, a uh, first offender. This happens to a lot of people that come out here. That whole thing, come on vacation and, yeah. and leave on probation. And leave on that, probation. That's the real deal. Yeah. And, uh, it, it was it was a bumpy ride. It was crazy, but when I got when I finally got back out again, I went back to being homeless, and I found this program called Inspire Outreach, mm. uh, and, and the letter N S P I R E Outreach, and they helped me get back on my feet. They gave me a job. They gave me they, they put me back in school. They gave me opportunity to learn uh, live audio engineering. Oh wow. Um, just a lot of great things happen. Yeah. Um, I have since long. I since left that program, you know, for a while. But I go back to their uh, headquarters once a week, and I, you know, help them out. I sing for them. Um, you know, they have a little choir, a little praise team thing going on, and I help them out. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's, it's really helped me musically because you know yeah. we, we learn a lot of songs short notice. It's really fast paced. It's a lot of different genres and mixes because it's a mixture of white people, black people, Hispanic people, and it's really different. You know, so I learned all different kinds of styles, and it, it has really made me a better musician. Yeah, I mean, man, that's you. You have a story, dude. Like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you you definitely have a story, and. and you have a testimony. I'm just gonna call it what it is. You know, it's not. A, it's not a story. You know, yeah. it's really a testimony just to see where you're at now, and and go through all of that and progress to see you know where you're at now. And you you're still let growing. The music go the whole time. Yeah, I mean that 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 that's a strong willed person, man. Yeah, because man. It's, there are so many people that would have been in your shoes that yeah. would have been like, yeah, this is not meant for me. Let me let me just call it what it is now and cut my losses. You know, yeah. and, and go on. So the fact that you're able to like go through all of that. And, you know, I appreciate you sharing that, too, because Thanks. that stuff like that is what people need to hear, you know, and, and that's one of the things that I love about, you know, when I started the podcast, I wanted it to be a very intimate conversation yeah. for that purpose, because mm-hmm. people hear that and they like, yo, I dealt with all that. And people, I apologize. There's somebody cutting grass outside. <laughs> so you're going to hear something. But we do this like straight out the den. But actually, we're in the guest bedroom right now doing this. So, yeah. You're gonna hear nobody's stuff. like out in the next room playing with a vibrator. No, no, it's it's none of that. It's somebody actually outside cutting they're the grass. They're shooting so. a porn in the next yeah, room. No. They're cutting grass, so <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I just wanted to go ahead and put that out there. You guys listening? Like, what was that? What's going on in the background? <laughs> That's what's going on, man. You know, people handling the it's lawn care, man. Yeah. It's, it's all good. It's all good. But I don't even know. We were making talking smoothies. about yeah, making smoothies. <laughs> we got, there's actually a, a planet smoothie. Um, Right next door. Yeah, a whole planet. A whole planet smoothie. Smoothie King. (laughs) Right next door. They're building that. So, you you know, we're going to have a smoothie in addition to the wings and fries that we already ate right here so far. Oh, that's what's up. I'll have that. That's how we do it, man. But, you know, know, where where were we, man? I don't know, man. I think something about, uh, you know, stories. Yeah, yeah, stories. Okay, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, man, it's like... Um, it's just like, it's just a, a fraction of what mm-hmm. has happened, man. And, you know, throughout my, and that's what I talk about throughout the album. Um, I'm going to lace it with interview. I might even listen with this interview if you don't mind. Yeah, that's fine, <laughs> man. That's all but, good um, with me. I just talk about, you know, where I came from and where I'm going, you know? And, uh, you know, I'm just really excited, man. Um, oh, I, uh, also that program, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they're putting out an album, you know, a compilation album for their choir. And they, you know, they gave me opportunities to start, you know, back my music again. No matter how much I tried to get away from my music, everything. Comes back, man. Even when I was homeless, man, I was in a choir. It's like yeah. always I turn around, <laughs> something's going on musically. So the pastor of the church, he's a musician as well. And mm-hmm. He's a composer. Um, he's, he's been a, you know, he plays the piano. He's, he has all the good equipment. He gave, he literally gave me a whole studio 
Wow. Microphones, keyboards, uh, you know, everything I needed, audio interfaces, everything. And, you know, I was back in the business. I was there recording. I had I started working on my, my song, uh, Empire, that mm-hmm. I've been thinking about for a long time, and it was sounding so good. I paid for instrumentalists, all kinds of stuff. Um, me and my wife, this is our first apartment, and I don't know what happened. I must have had somebody in my studio. I, I still, to this day, don't know what the hell happened. But somebody was peeping us and was watching us and broke into my apartment, took all the studio equipment, Gone. Starting back from square run. I didn't. I didn't square one. I didn't. I didn't back up any of my files. I, everything that I've been working on all this time gone. Mm. And even that still didn't deter me. I still was pushing forward. I found a little, uh, you know, a little a Windows computer, and I was making beats that were. The people would be like, "Dang man, what kind of equipment are you using?" Uh, I got a little Windows computer and an audio interface and Fruity Loops, and I make it sound dope because I've been doing this for a long time. Mm. It was like everyone is surprised because I make do with what I have. That's the that's the essence of hip hop. It's yeah. making something out of nothing. And no matter where I was, I've always was doing. When I was in jail, they put me in solitary, and I was banging on themselves, uh, singing songs and, and and rapping, and people. In the other cells, we couldn't see each other, but they were screaming at me across the hall, telling me to sing a song to them. Hey, sing, making requests, sing this, sing that. They felt my soul through those walls, through those, through those bars. They felt my soul, and I, if I could do that with people that I can't see, I could do that with y'all. And that's, yeah. that, that's the reason why I'm still doing this. That's that's real, man. That's like you know, it, that's I I don't even have any words for it, bro. <laughs> like I mean, that's just real talk, man. Like that's. Yeah. You need more people to hear stuff like this so they know that I still have a shot. You know Everybody what I'm saying? Everybody has a shot. Still man. has a shot. The thing you know? is that when I was out there, they were trying very hard to put a label on me. They wanted me to be homeless. They wanted me to be juvenile delinquent. They wanted me to be poor. They wanted me to be stupid, ignorant. They wanted me to be you know, a loser, a lame, or whatever you want to call it. But from from when I was 15, and my friend Antoine McAdams from Yellow Brick Records, I'm not going to you know be name-dropping, but this guy, he's he, Yellow Brick Road Films, he's doing awesome work, he's doing videography. He and I, when we had this vision to start something, I knew then that I was going to be something great. And I will never, no matter what people tried to tell me I was, I always knew what I was. I'm a musician, and, I'm, and, I'm, and, and I have a message for the people. And no one can deter me from that goal. That's why I do what I do. That's dope, man. That's dope. Um, man, wow. Um, <laughs> sorry, man. No, 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 dude. I'm <laughs> I, I'm cool with it, man. Like you know, it, the one thing that that I appreciate about doing things like this is because I get a chance to learn about people every day. Like you know, I've only heard of you maybe what like a month or two now, something mm-hmm. like that. And you know, I've heard the music, and you know, I, you had the cosign from Bib, so you already had my my ears open. <laughs> To listen, and then once I hear the music I received, I was like, okay, this dude's dope. You know, what I mean, he's making Appreciate some good it. music. And but I didn't really know your story. Now that you're in here, and you're telling me your story. It's just like, wow, you know, everything connects a little bit better now. You know what I mean? Because I know who you are as an artist. I know who you are as a person. Thank you. You know what I mean? And, and knowing who you are as a person makes the music that much more mm. enjoyable. You know, um, I'm trying to think, what else didn't we go over? Um, I know you, you had this thing you told me um, before we started recording that you used to sell your CDs. Um, oh, the ghetto marketing, the ghetto campaign. marketing campaign. Tell me about that. Like, what, what's what's the story behind that? <laughs> well, as soon as I, like right when I got married um, in October, I got a job working for this company. I'm not gonna throw their name out there, but um, I believe that they hire people and for a short period of time, 
and then you know take them and then fire them so they don't have to put them on taxes. Mm. They give them, they make them independent that, contractors. That ninety day, yeah, type yeah. thing. Yeah. So I was working there for a pretty good time. I was getting you know decent pay for somebody like my age who never doing anything. I was doing QA test, QR testing for um for an application that they were developing, mm-hmm. and I was like doing uh, customer service, and. Uh, for the technical support for their uh, another one of their apps that they've already created. And it was a pretty decent little gig. Um, I went on a vacation. I went on my uh, anniversary. They didn't like that. But, you know, when I came back, they were they were all happy. They were, they were all good for me. They were happy for me and my wife, you know. And we went on our cruise, which, you know, thanks to my aunt. And then we uh, just overwhelmed. Like the Inspire program, mm-hmm. just as a little side note, man, they – um. We were like, yeah, we're gonna get married. We're just gonna go to the courthouse. But they, but they became like our family. They were like, yo, that's not gonna be, that's not gonna go down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and they, they literally like everybody. It was a get together. It's kind of like a community. They just everybody got together, and they helped us make a wedding. Man, it was insane. Oh, that's dope, man. That's and, dope. Um, yeah, and we literally had more money after the fact. <laughs> you know, after the wedding than we mm-hmm. did when we started. It was like it was, it was crazy. Like we were just so, you know, happy to see, you know, that people were supportive of what we do, and um. But aside from that, I, I I got laid off. You know, they like I said, they, I think that they were just hiring people for like ninety days, you know, yeah. or whatever. And High then, turnover, right? Yeah, and then and then you know before they they, they they'll, they'll tell you, oh, I'm gonna put you on payroll. We're gonna do taxes. We're gonna you know do all that stuff, but they don't do it, and that's what happened to me. Um, uh, big ups to uh, Andrew Solomon. He's one of the uh, tech support guys there. Mm-hmm. Really dope guy. Um, he actually is gonna design my website. But um, he he was like, you know, put him back on because he was a great employee. You know, they they refused to let him go. He he quit. Mm. They let me come back and they quit. He quit. But um, that was the end all be all. I started selling my CDs. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be sitting around here moping. My wife has a good job. She's working for like a debt collection agency. And, you know, she had a good job. But at the time, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to let this, you know, bring me down. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I was actually printing out my other mixtape. It was called Chip Tooth Raps, Buck Tooth Songs. That's available on DatPiff. It's also available on Bandcamp. Everything that I did, man. Um. And I was and I, and I just started printing them out. I would go to uh, Fry's Electronics. And I'm not trying to plug like companies. no man. I I know we, plug them, plug <laughs> yeah. them, plug them. And and when you guys are done, um, sponsor the podcast. And uh, cool, you know yeah. we we accept PayPal, we accept checks, all of that. Cool. All right, go back. <laughs> so I used my last little bit of pay. You know that I got my last couple of checks and stuff. Mm-hmm. To buy like you know big ass spindles of CDs and and, and uh, cases, and I got the hookup on. I, I'd actually print out the the, in, the the inserts myself and cut them myself at like FedEx, mm-hmm. and I did this. I have like three hundred and fifty units just floating around of my first mixtape in Atlanta, just all over the place, and um, and uh, I was just selling them hand in hand for four dollars a pop, and uh, that was how I maintained. I would go out. With 25 CDs, and my goal was I'm selling these 25 CDs, and I would sell them every single time. $100, boom. And and the monies that I raised from doing that, I call it the ghetto marketing campaign, because the monies that I raised, um, initially they were going to the bills, but then once I got a solid job, they went directly into the marketing and you know making my, my web presence known, making my music get out to the masses. And I tell people that all the time, that you're the reason why I'm out here doing this, because all these people, the community, the barbershops, the beauty salons, the people that I've gone to have you know not only just was like, oh, that's a nice song you sang. They're like, what this is dope. What can I do to make this shit the, the you know worldwide you know they they support me and at first it was just a way to make money but it has eventually it has like evolved like everything else that yeah I've yeah done. yeah it evolved it evolved into uh, something sort of spiritual you know 
when I would go in and I would sing my songs, people would be like, yo, you touched my soul. Like, I've had people cry, you know? So how, how would the um, the campaign work? You would actually have the CDs on hand and then you perform the songs for the person before they bought it? or What I would do is um, I would uh, go online and I would map out a city, that a target city. Mm-hmm. And I learned this from a, from a, an artist that I learned that I would watch a long time ago. Her name was uh, Chances Are, Big Up Chances Are, uh, and, uh, and Black Scientists. Mm. Uh, when I was younger, they would take me to Philly and New York and they would, sh- and they would let me ride with them. Um, because I produced a couple songs and then they would let me ride with them and show me how they sold CDs, but they didn't do it like how I did it. They would go out in the street straight to the people and talk and walk up to random people in NY like, "Hey, you want you like you like good music? You like hip hop? You know what I'm saying?" Uh, I found a way to make it a little bit less random, which was mm. the target thing: beauty salons, barbershops, beauty salons. Barbershops. There are an infinite amount of beauty salons and barbershops. Especially I, I, in Atlanta. I've been doing this for like almost two years, and I still haven't even scratched the surface, but mainly in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this campaign is I could do it wherever I go. Because wherever you go, no matter what city you're in, there's always a beauty salon and, and a, a barbershop. barbershop. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And so um, I basically just walk into the barbershop random. I'm like, hey, can I speak to the president in charge? Nothing against other other you know races. I've never been. I've done it in a Dominican shop before, but I I only mainly mainly focus on black barbershops because I know that this is a culturally thing for people to just walk mm-hmm. in and start selling stuff. Exactly. I don't know how that me being arrested so much. I'm a little paranoid. I understand completely. <laughs> I understand completely. So I know I know who would you know accept it. So um, sometimes it's planned. Sometimes I'll go into the shop. I'll say, hey, can I come out on Saturday and do this? They're like, mm-hmm. yeah. But sometimes most most time in most cases it's just random. I'll just walk in. I'll say, can I do my thing? And they'd be like, <laughs> they're always skeptical, you know. All right, sure, go ahead. Let's see what you got, right? And then it eventually turns from the skepticism to this like profound like love for me. Like, what can I do? Let's mm. drop this money. And then like they'll just buy CDs, and I'll tell them what you know that is 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 to help me to do what I'm doing. You know, to keep doing what I'm doing. And they're like, keep doing. And that's what they say. They say, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And, um, that's dope. I don't know if you do this, man, mm-hmm. but if you you got to get somebody to record that. You got to get somebody to record it because somebody's seeing that, even if it's just a flip cam. I think there's a lot of video footage of me doing this, you know, all over the place. Yeah. You know? But like your cell phones and stuff. Some that you can actually put your hands on mm-hmm. and do it because for people to see that and see the, the, the true impact of people, how they, after you perform, man, that's, that's going to increase stuff even more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know if you got those capabilities, man, but if you can just have somebody record you doing that, I think it'll, you know. I, I don't see that going wrong for you. You know what well, I mean? Thanks, man. So, I yeah, really appreciate yeah, no that. Problem, advice, no problem, no problem at all. No problem at all. Hell yeah. And you know, um, uh, it, I always case the place. I got a couple of really dope songs that I perform. Mm-hmm. A lot of these songs that I perform haven't even been recorded yet because these are songs that I, that I got in my heart. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Nothing against the stuff that me and Bib have been doing because they're dope as hell. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, I want these songs to be recorded a specific way, like with a live band and like with all yeah, this yeah. dope shit. Um, so I have a really big vision for these songs, but. Um, if you don't mind, I'll do one of the joints that I like to do when I go. I said go there. for it. All right, cool. Uh, let me get a little bit of this uh, lemonade. There you go. How uh, much time we got? Oh, we're good. Go. All right. This one is called uh, Empire. It's not going to be on the album, but it is a dope little joint that um, I'm going to have to move this mic up a little bit because I'm all crouched down and shit. Uh, I like to projectify. Mm-hmm. I like to projectify in uh Stimulate my uh, abdomen. <laughs> All right, check it. Uh, yeah, this song is called Empire. I was looking at the Chris Rock uh, uh, stand-up special mm-hmm. where he's like, um, the difference between being rich and being wealthy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and um, 
rich people and wealthy people. And uh, that, that inspired me. I, I decided that the reason why I do this beauty salon barbershop thing is because it's enterprise. It's, it's, it's entrepreneurship. These people are out here starting their own thing and doing something. You know, they have a dream and a vision. And, I, and I'm really inspired by that. And that's why I do this. It's not just to me that I could be on TV and shine and have some money and a dope-ass whip and, you know, have mad bitches and all this dumb shit. No, no, no. It's not about any of that. The reason why I do this is because I want to build something that lives and goes greater beyond than, than myself and my, the present time, what I'm doing here. I want to build a legacy where if I die tomorrow that, you know, you know, they had this enough space to sustain my family for years to come. Like, like Michael Jackson's album Escape was amazing to me, how they remixed all those songs. I just, yeah. Anyway, side note, blah, blah, blah. Check it out. This is called Empire. <laughs> I got to get a deep breath because I've been talking my ass off. <laughs> it's all good, bro. It's going like this. See, there's a difference between being rich and wealthy. No, I ain't saying lots of money is my goal, but a show can help me to obtain all the things that I need so that I can maintain. I'm only talking about necessities. Material things ain't worth the pain. Cause I'm trying to stay focused, focused, focused. I'm trying to get noticed, noticed, noticed. Build my empire and go higher. In case you ain't noticed, noticed, noticed. I do this for my children's children and my children's children. Doing it for my children's children and my children's children. So just in case you ain't noticed, I ain't want to before. I'm a singer and a rapper and an entrepreneur. Getting my pies tip on, steady robbing a stove. A selling blow to the schmoes that I used to with. No, I thought, hey, let me get a couple mics and spit. I probably learn to make tracks because I like to spit. I got a nice little setup in my basement. Ain't nothing too fancy, just some basic shit. And even though the water hit a gold drip, 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 drop, 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 drop. I'ma go straight to the tip, tip, top. Never making no piss, star, 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 ha, ha, ha. Because I do this for my children's children and my children's children. Doing it for my children's children and my children's children. I do it for my children's children and my children's children. For my children's children and my children's children. See, I better find that. Wait. Hold up, I ain't Drake though, and I love the game, but people I ain't fake though. Try and get some pesos and state froze as they know. It's all a bunch of hearsay, and just because they say so, we stay clothed in Gucci and Nike, whatever they show on TV. Believe me, the grossity's in a ratio. They see me, and now their philosophy is to hate yo. They greasy, but they ain't taking nothing off my plate, yo. But wait, yo. Wasn't you saying that you were rape hoes and kill folk? Now you trying to tell me that you real folk? I still choke up when I hear about how we still broke. Devil trying to put me to sleep, but I'm still woke. Uh, woke, uh, awake, awakened. Whatever, all I know is that my spirit is in brokenness here for the token. White guys and black guys trying to be yourself for that. They will be chastised saying it's the last try. But is that wise? No. So keep on floating until you capsize and go until they try to go across your backside. I know at times it can be hard, but that's fine because I'm going to keep spitting to the last line, last rhyme. And I'm going to keep going until I retire and my empire going to be fire because I, I, I do this for my children's children and my children's children. Spooky. That's dope, bro. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. It's like I'm listening to it, right? Yeah. And it feels like a performance. You know what I mean? Like it feels like I don't see how people can't connect with you. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. one of those things like there's no way that anybody that has life breathing in them can't hear that and react. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, it, the type of music that you're making is reaction music. 
And, and it's one of those things where I don't I don't care how you react. You got to react. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to make music where a person is like, oh, I don't know what to say after that. Like, I want a, I want a reaction. Either you love it mm-hmm. or you hate it, but you got to give me something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I don't see too many people hating that. That's just that's just good music. Thank man, you, at the end of the day. No you. problem, man. No problem. Thank you for, for that. <laughs> um, man, I'm trying to think. What else? Like... Um, I think we went over a lot of the stuff. Um, when is the project um, that you and Bib have working on? Like, when when is that slated to drop? Well, Bib is um, Bib, Bib is one of those guys. Is like, you know, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm like, yo, let's do this, man. Let's make a date. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if it if it's not finished, we'll put out the you know the ninety percent finished version, and then a month later we'll finish it. You know, <laughs> and put out a finished version. I don't know, but look. The deal is this. I want it to be, and it's going to be, no, it will be mm-hmm. September 1st. We're going to release it on September 1st to the masses. It's going to be a free project. It's an album. And uh, it's dope. I mean, it's free music. It's dope, and it's real. I mean, what more could you ask for? It got features from a bib on it, too. He got a couple of you know verses on there. You know what I'm saying? Production by me. Production by um, uh, my homie, uh, uh, you know, uh, Duke, um, Duke Black, um, he also goes by, um, dang, I can't remember. <laughs> it's all right, Duke Black, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it also got production by, um, you know, uh, this, this dude named Eagle, um, but most of the production uh, is done by myself, um, the vocals, the, you know, background singers, um, you know, additional instrumentation, we're going full force. I'm really, uh, inspired by, uh, the Kanye West albums, um, I can tell that he has a like a solid foundation, and then he built on that foundation. Yeah. And that's the direction that we're taking. And we're going back. Um, a bit approached me with the project, and he was like, "Look, we got you know, hip hop is taking is going back to its elements, its roots, the boom bap. You know, what I'm saying the storytelling. You know, um, you know that 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 the break beats, all that dope shit. So my single is very heavily, um, you know, incorporates a break beat by um, you know, Rakim and Eric B. Um, joint, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and uh, you can hear that, and you can hear that throughout the album. I have a, a, a little interlude where I do, you know, check the rhyme. You know, um, I have a piece where I slow down, um, you know, no half stepping, and did a little singy song joint on it, you know, and uh, a lot of like dope shit like that where it's just straight hip hop, you know, straight raw, straight real, and original shit. Like you can hear the soul that I'm talking about. You know, you can mm. you can feel me, and um, it's real. It's a real deal. Dope, dope, man. Well, um, how much time do we have? <laughs> man, I, I, I definitely want to do this this uh, vinyl conversation segment, man. Um, okay. I feel you gave us so much mm-hmm. music already. Yeah. Um, but I know that we don't have to do it. I know that you, you have the, uh, you want to play snippets. Yeah. From the project, yeah. Um, so we can do the snippets from the project. Either we could do that if you, or we could just post some links on the on the on the site. I tell you what, mm-hmm. how about this? Mm-hmm. I feel after they hear this, they're gonna want something. Yeah. So if you got a record uh-huh. that you you're cool with, yeah, releasing, uh-huh. we can give them that. How about that? Okay, yeah. Let's okay. do that. Cool. Let's do that. Um, because we were gonna play snippets from it, but I think he he, he already gave us two full. Records, <laughs> you know, performance, and and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of, you know, you guys got to support the artists, man, and and with him giving us so much already, I think it's only right that 
you know, you got to go and, and wait on this project and support. And, and I don't know if you guys are going to do it. I just hope I'm just going to throw it out there. Make it free, but make it also available to purchase just for people who, you know, who well, may want I don't own the rights to all the samples. And I don't own the rights to some of the beats that I use. But well, okay. I, I get that. But I can sell singles. You guys want to support? You want to buy some singles? Do yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I, I'm just going to give you some free game. I'll give you some free game. <laughs> Thank you. And um, this is this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. S- get you some merch together. Sell the merch. Give give the project T-shirts. away. T-shirts. I want I want to do. <laughs> have my album on it. I I'll talk to you off, <laughs> off what you call it with that. I, I I hate that you just said that, but oh, I bad. love that you just said my that bad, at the same dog. time. No, we're gonna keep it because it, it, I want to do. <laughs> we're gonna do that. We're gonna do that. Oh, <laughs> we gotta do that. We gotta do that. I just make sure I find Mysterious. the point. 50, what, it's like 51, yeah, 51 yeah. something. Just bleep it out so no one will get an idea. We're going to bleep it. We're going to bleep it because it's crazy like that. Uh, it, it's, I'm happy for you that yeah. you got that because like this project that I'm working on with this other artist, yeah. that's what we're doing. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's like, I'm going to bleep it out for the sake for both of us. Okay. Like y'all don't need to hear what he just said. I'll put it like that. Y'all don't need to hear it. Y'all just, you, you can speculate what he said. Uh, you're not going to hear it. I'm bleeping it out. And, and I got to make sure I make that edit while he's here so I won't forget to do it. And then it goes out to the world and y'all like, oh, man, that's a dope idea. I'm doing that. No. <laughs> You're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to do it. Cool. But yeah, that idea is like, it's so genius. And for so many reasons that we'll talk about <laughs> off mic, you guys are not going to hear it. Um, you're, you're just not going to hear it. I'm sorry. You're not going to hear it. But that idea is genius, dude. And it's, it's so crazy that you said that. It was like, yeah. we've been playing this thing for like six months. So how are we yeah. going to make it happen? And then you did that. It's like, it's like I feel like, I feel like I'm at a flex show and like a bum just got dropped over. It's like, like, yeah. So it's all, it's all good. But the idea is so genius that we got to bleep that out. Yeah. So sorry. Y'all just won't hear it. And you'll see later. Yeah, you'll just see it later. That's <laughs> that's it. And and we're just gonna go with it like that. Um do I wanna do this this uh vinyl conversation. Okay, now what is that vinyl conversation? All right. So with vinyl conversations, what this is is uh as you can see the lovely records here, the the crates full of records here. Uh what we do is I have an artist pick three vinyls out. Okay. Right? Um each vinyl that you pick out, just give us a story behind the vinyl. Okay. Um you're picking them at random. So just go in there, pick, you know, don't really look, just pick them out at random. Okay. Um each oh, one oh, random. Random. Okay. So you're doing some night watch. Something like <laughs> it, it, it's my it's my version of okay. it in, in a sense, but I want you to pick the vinyl mm-hmm. and from that I want you to give me a story. It doesn't have to necessarily be something I mean, whatever comes to mind when you see that vinyl is what I want to hear. Well there's one thing I want to tell you about vinyl real quick though. Go ahead. There was a time when I used to like collect records and I would sample them, I would record them directly from the uh, scratch and you know and mm-hmm. all that stuff from directly from the uh, vinyl player. Um I learned that this is very time consuming. And I found out that I'm going to give this to people because I think that you know, producers need to hear this. I found out because they're never going to make the same beats that I make or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I found out that there's a lot of record collectors on YouTube that mm. that post audio of them playing the records, rare records. And I found so many dope ass samples just from like I literally dig crates on YouTube. So if you ever look for people like Wakey Soul, just look for people that collect records. You'll you'll find a lot of great shit you can sample. So. Yeah, I, I I've noticed people do that. It's just I get that enjoyment of digging myself. That's all it is. Like I smell I'll, of the records. Thing. It is man. <laughs> the dust that hits you and you sneeze while you're at the record store because some of the records been sitting there for forever. Yeah, but um, yeah. Go ahead and get these. Yeah. Records. So you just pick three right. and um. For from that, we'll have a conversation off of those. All right, cool. So. And you can go from this one, too. And it's 
Well, since that was closed, that you don't really have to. You said how many records? Three. Okay. And you got two. Uh-huh. You know what I discovered recently? This guy named Mort Garson. Hmm. Not familiar. Oh, my gosh. He's, like, freaking, like, uh, he, he, what the hell? Can I get another one? I got two Nat King Coles, man. <laughs> do you? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. You can actually, don't even do these, because these were actually the last ones, so pick two more. Okay. Because somebody actually did, though. So that's crazy that you picked where did you get these from? Like the front? It's amazing you picked the same two yeah, records as somebody else. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw Red Fox and I was like, You big dummy! There you go. I don't know who wow. that is. So, wow. Alright, cool. So, yeah, you go to the mic. Yeah. Alright, so he has three records. He's going to give us a story from each one. A story about what? Whatever. You tell me whatever comes to mind when you see those records, man. All right, I got this. Uh, first of all, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is that first, the, the artist that I got is Johnny Mathis. Um, his, uh, it looks like it's an it's a, a album called I Only Have Eyes For You. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is the idea of, uh, uh, first of all, his hairstyle. This oh, yeah. dude, man, oh my gosh. <laughs> he got some, I don't even know what, man. That's a perm. That's for a perm? You. Yeah, man. He this dude got a perm, and I think it's it's interesting. Um, this record came out in 1976, and uh, so many uh, black people uh, in this day and age, they're so. I, I'm really glad that the natural thing is coming back. So I have the song "Natural" on my mixtape. Mm-hmm. Everything is the same, um, and you know, but I feel like it's just trendy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like everybody's doing it because it's the new thing. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like people are doing it because they want to. You know, be true to self. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that this was what, what this was the norm of the time for black people to have these perms. Perms, yeah. Yeah. And and uh, and another thing that ha- that would happen a lot was um uh white people would um take black people's songs and do covers to them. You know, white artists would take black songs and do covers to them. And um, but he's actually doing a cover to I believe a white song, isn't it? I only have eyes for you. Yeah, that's 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 the song, but I don't know if he had the original or not. Yeah, it's hard to tell these yeah, days, man. I, I don't I don't know if he had the original, <laughs> but that that is the song that you're talking about. That yeah, is it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, the mutton chops, the the big ass um Afro perm, you know, <laughs> the the, the well groomed eyebrows and the butt chin, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you know, crazy. This guy, uh, Johnny Mathis, he probably was a dope ass vocalist, man. Yeah, no, no, he he has some classic yeah? stuff. Yeah. You know what? What's the, what's some of the joints that like recognizable joints? I mean, the one that you just saying, I really think that that's his record. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. All right, Nat King Cole. Now here's the thing about Nat King Cole is a jazz artist, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, and, and he's like, a he's an instrumentalist. Uh, vocal vocally, um, you might be thinking about um, he has a daughter. Natalie Cole is his um, his daughter. Well, the thing about me is that um. My my learning process in music, my I've actually discovered a lot of things really late in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you see um, from me, most of the, my musical experience comes from the church. I grew up in like the Seventh Day Adventist church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up around Baptist people. I would sing songs with them. So uh, I was really engulfed in the in, the, in that kind of music. So um, only until I was about. Let me see, 14, did I really start getting into hip-hop. It was around, but I was really into it, into it, you know, when I was, like, 14, and I heard, like, Eminem. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, And I was like, yo, this is crazy. I, like, I, like I'm, I started to transform as soon as I heard, like, you know, <laughs> 
you don't want to fuck with Shade. I'm like, yo, what oh, is yeah. this? And I started like really getting into uh, hip hop music. Mm-hmm. And um, and then like as far as like going back to like, okay, so I grew up in a, in a household with, of Jamaican Caribbean people um, that were really engulfed in the church. And, um, you know, so I, I missed out on a lot of the things that, you know, most black Americans experience, which is like uh, Prince. It was like a given. You know, Prince. Prince is like, oh, yeah. I literally have never heard an entire Prince album. Oh man, I got um, some prints for you. I got a couple of prints. Yeah, that. I mean, it's a lot of artists like uh, Rick James. I like I, I've never heard a whole Rick James album. I heard a couple of his singles. A lot of artists like that I really should have gotten into. I never got into until recently. And then like like and then you go to hip hop. You know, hip hop. I'm talking about like Tribe. I'm talking mm-hmm. about like you know Leaders of the New School. Um, you know, Far Side. Um, right. you know, De La Soul. Um, all, all these cats, man. Albums. Yeah, all these cats, man. Common when he, you know, young Common, young Nas, all this music I missed out on. I literally have just been discovering all this stuff recently. I mean, and you know, the cool thing is, like, now it's so easy to go back and listen, mm-hmm. as opposed to like back then, yeah. it was kind of hard because you actually had to find the records to yeah, listen yeah. to. But <laughs> now you can YouTube. Spotify, YouTube, mm-hmm. Pandora, you can figure it out, you know. This is a yeah, it's really awesome, man. He's like really cool, chill, laid back on his joint. You know, he got his hat, he's looking at the camera. Just chill, man. Like this dude, he smoked a lot of weed. He's I can tell you smoked a lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. Um, what else we got? Okay, I got this joint. I need mean to throw your record. No, like yeah, that, you're good. <laughs> All right, this one is really weird. It's really odd. I think it might be a gospel album. I'm sure it is because I don't have a clue who that guy is. This dude's name is Donald Vales. I bet you it's a dope ass samples on this. I'm <laughs> sure it is. I've, man, it's so many <laughs> records in my collection that I haven't had a chance to fully yeah. listen to. Yeah, I. Yeah, man, I'm sure there's some really like crazy samples. Anyway, the, the the imagery on this album is really really odd. Um, the guy on the cover of the record is wearing like a big white robe, and he has his hands out like he's like he's you know accepting his people. Like he's very um Jesus. He looks like you know black Jesus, um black American Jesus because you know Jesus wasn't white. But um yeah, I mean, and then you go to the back of the record, right? He's literally hanging from a crucifix. In front of the choir with the robe on singing song. It's really crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah, that is crazy, right? Yeah. So what's interesting to me is um I'm not gonna get all philosophical in there. <laughs> I don't want that's the thing with me, I try to stay away from things like religion and uh it's politics. All good. I mean we, we we talk about it, you know. Um <laughs> But a real interesting thing you should check out is um I think it's called I think it's from the Discovery Channel. There's this uh, uh Discovery or Learning anyway, it's on Netflix. Is this documentary series called Who Was Jesus? Mm. And it's really interesting because it doesn't look at it at, at, from a Christian or Jew or whatever standpoint. It looks at it from a scientific standpoint, mm. where they look at scientific evidence about life and and life of that times. And I think it's interesting. Um, one of the things that they mentioned was that uh, Jesus um, had it hard. You talk about the hood? Yeah. <laughs> what man? That's nothing. That blow like a lot of air into the microphone. Yeah, yeah, you did. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Sound effects. <laughs> Sound effects. Yeah, man. I'm talking about like, man, they had it hard. I'm talking, okay, so so they had a lot of children would live and about 50%, less, more than 50% of the children that, mm-hmm. that were born would die. So it was common for them to see like children dying, people getting dysentery, people getting lice, people getting, you know, all kinds of crazy diseases, mm-hmm. you know, it, famine, you know, hunger. They, they'll be, they've never, they've never, they rarely got meat. But, you know, no matter what, throughout what they did, the thing that really struck me was that, they took care of the people that survived, the old, the elderly in their family. Gotcha. They yeah. took care of them. And they also had a lot of hope. 
So it's crazy that we as black people, as people, you know, white people, everybody that lives in the hood, you know what I'm saying? White people, Hispanics, all these people that, Talk that about live in the hood. how bad we have it, right? Yeah, how bad we have it, but also how good we have it, you mm-hmm. know? By comparison, the way that these people would live, man, um, back in the day. And even then, they had hope. And I think it's crazy, like, you know, Barack Obama talks about the audacity of hope, you know? You have to have some audacity, you have to have some gall, some, like, you know, balls to really have hope in, in the time of despair. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah, but but when we think about it, we don't have it as bad as, a lot of, as, as, you know, throughout history people had, you know? We don't have it bad at all. We, in, in my personal opinion, yeah. is we don't have it bad. We like to think that we have it bad yeah. and try to justify having it bad. And what we do is go and buy things that we don't need Mm -hmm. and say we have it bad. Like, you know, I see it every day. Like, you know, I'll drive through certain places and some of the roughest neighborhoods in in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. people are outside with J's on. And I'm like, I know Jordan's today, it costs $200. Yeah. You don't have it that bad if you can go and buy $200 work, you know, shoes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's really, the thing is, and, and I don't understand why Why is only like that in our communities, in the black communities? And we're quick I, I, to lose hope as well. Oh, yeah. It, for us, we think it's over with. And we and we we settle. We settle mm. for living in, in, in rough neighborhoods mm-hmm. and, and buying $200 shoes and putting rims on cars and, and getting all this jewelry. Yeah. And you're going home to an apartment, but you got on like, you know, and, and, and I blew 500 to to 1,000 at the strip club last night. And it was like, you, you did all that and you coming home to... You don't have ownership. Mm-hmm. You don't own anything. Yeah. See, my grandmother, she was really busy trying to take care of me and my sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, occasionally my brothers and sisters would come by and, and you know, stay. So she had a lot on her on her plate. She never really had, and I didn't have a lot of male figures in my life. So we didn't really have a lot of time to learn a lot of things about, like, you know, money management. How to, like, I learned, I learned how to drive when I was 20, 23, 20, <laughs> you know, money management. How to, you know, how to, you know, take care of things and, and understanding that, you know, you know, how the way that life works, the way the world works. Um, I never knew this, you know, but it's actually more expensive to live in the hood than it is to rent a house somewhere in, in the south. It's like crazy, and like you're paying a thousand dollars for a studio apartment in New York, but you know you could pay seven hundred fifty for rent in a, a three bedroom house in Georgia. Like mm-hmm. that shit tripped me out. <laughs> yeah. I know, especially somebody like coming from up up top, man. Yeah. You come down here and it's like. Wow. Uh-huh. Like, it, it's so amazing. And that's why a lot of and people... You had that, to have three, four jobs to be able to that's, make And that's what happened. And the thing, what happens is people that, that grew up in New York, they come down here and they just flourish because it's like, man, I've had it rough up there. Oh. I'm paying I'm paying $1,500 for like nothing. And I got four jobs. <laughs> yeah. And I come down here, fifteen. you know what $1,500 will get you in Atlanta? Man. Something nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> Something nice in Atlanta. Like $1,500, you can stay in Midtown. $1,500 a month. And you go to New York and you're like in the slums for mm-hmm. fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a homegirl that I went to college with, and like she stayed in like East Harlem, mm-hmm. and it wasn't bad, bad, but her p- apartment, the inside wasn't bad. Yeah. Getting through all of that stuff you went through to get to an apartment, you're like, you live here, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, but she paid like you know fifteen hundred dollars, and I was like, it, yeah. it just blew my mind, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. You know, it's funny. Like, there's another thing that I noticed too. We talking about like how I, you know, you know, make something out of nothing and try my best to, you know, do make mm-hmm. do with what I had. Um, this, Jesus was was the same way. A lot of people, a lot of times they they uh they say Jesus was a carpenter because mm-hmm. his father Joseph was a carpenter and he learned the trade of Joseph. But I learned from watching this documentary that that's actually a little trans, translation mistake. Um, the word that they use is tecton, which 
te- can technically mean just a man who works with their hands. Mm-hmm. But looking, but, but judging by the way that where where they lived, um, it was more common for them to have you know access to rocks and boulders and things of that nature rather than having wood. Mm-hmm. So you learn that um, Jesus Christ was actually like a mason or something like that, and. Um, uh, historically speaking, like he literally would have to, his family had nothing. They literally would have to go out into the wilderness, find rocks and boulders, and make tools or you know or you know bricks out of them, and sell mm-hmm. those things. So I thought that you know it's interesting. It's like you know nothing is more hip hop than going out into into the into the world <laughs> and finding something and creating and creating. It, you know? it. <laughs> I mean that's that's dope that you make that 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 um <laughs> that comparison, man. Just to be able to speaking because. Dude, like I'm a Christian. I, I I tell people that all the time. Yeah. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, and and all of that. But I, I make sure when I talk to people that I'm not judging people about what they believe in yeah, and yeah. what they. Are. I, to me, the biggest mistake that Christians make is they forget where they used to be. Mm. That's my personal opinion. You have so many people that get saved, and it's like, oh, they gung ho for Jesus, and then like you forget that. People who are at church, they made it a church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What about that person who ain't stepping foot in here? You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's like that's the part where I go anywhere I want to go. I don't, I don't, you know, I do have discernment on certain places, but uh-huh. you know, I go and I talk to people. I don't, you know, I don't judge you, do like I used to be doing some of the same stuff you're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't do it now, I choose not to, you know what I mean? But I'm not gonna look down on you because you haven't got you haven't grew to that that point yet. I'm that, like well I'm not like I'm not gonna be all like, you know, talking about Christianity. But what mm-hmm. I do have to say is this. People that wanna say that they're living Christ like, they're not truly living Christ like. Because if you think about how what well, basically Christ like is just, you know, emulating the way he lived. What he did was he went out, he was homeless he was homeless. He didn't have anywhere to live. He was walking around. He mm-hmm. would stay at people's houses. He would sleep on a boat. He would do whatever he could. And he was out there just doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, just talking to people, helping people. You know what I'm saying? He gave everything he had and moved forward. So you want to you wanna be like, you know, this person that people idolize. You got to just... You just got to be, you know, you just got to be full and giving. And that's what I do with my music. I'm giving myself to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm telling my story as is. I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm not putting any BS on there. I know what the deal is. So I tell it straight and as is. So, I mean, you, you, you t- basically, there's only one commandment, really, and it's to love people. And if you love people and you genuinely love people, then you won't steal. And you won't kill. That's, and you that's won't the greatest. Ride, and you won't lie. <laughs> you won't commit adultery. You won't do all this other stuff. So, you know, it's just, it's really simple. People people over, over, they make they it overthink it. Yeah, they, they overthink it. it. It's they just overthink it. love God, love people. That's it. That's it. And on that note, I think we're done. I don't. I don't think. I don't think there's any other place to end that besides um, giving us all your Twitter information. Now we usually end on, on a high note with a freestyle, but I'll do a freestyle. We can I do got it. A drum right here. All right, cool. So we doing. We're gonna do it different, right? All we right. normally play the record, uh-huh. one of the records that you pick, okay. and play the instrumental. But if you got your drum, I mean, you can do that. That's cool. You want you want to do that, and how about you do the drum? I'll do the with drum it? on top of it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Oh yeah, that's that's nice, man. Time and the river will bring my love to me. I like that, man. Though, if I must, I'll wait forever. 
That's dope, man. Yo, speed it up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Hold up. Look, look, all I really know is that I gotta keep it going, I ain't never gonna stop. Straight from the tri-state, niggas irate, cause I never go flop, I never go pop. Shorty just gyrate, if you're thirsty, I might just hydrate. If you're hungry, I might just try cake, 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 cake. cake. So much at stake, niggas hate, cause they can't match my race, my nigga, I'm great. Spooks McGee better get used to me I ain't the same nigga that I used to be Forget usually, I grind profusely Time to write bars, sign the loose leaf Truthfully, no time for cheap beef Shaking my head at these niggas like Chief Keith. I'm trying to get bread, y'all niggas in deep sleep At least I'm woke, nigga I'm a beast At least I know, roll up in that bitch like fee 5 I be on the rise like yeast I grow What can I say, I do not play All up in the A like east side ho Everybody love me, I am hungry So, straight to the beats I go Me oh my nigga, we so fly <laughs> and my river ain't gonna run dry. <laughs> hey yo, that's just how I be. That's dope, man. That's dope. <laughs> that's dope. Hey man, give us that Twitter and everything. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Spooks McGee, man. That's how I be. That's how I go, man. I just be vibing. You know, what I'm saying? I had a little hand drum. I'm not gonna mess with it though. <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Just check me out. Like I said, everything is universal, so it's Spooks McGee, S-P-O-O-K-S-M-C-G-H-I-E, um, <clears throat> all of it. You know, just go to Google and type my name. You'll find everything you need to know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, all those sites, man, we got them. You know what I'm saying? All right, dope, man, dope, man. Boy, bro, I, I appreciate your time, man. It's been a very inspiring conversation. Uh, man, we, we've had a lot of fun. I, I feel like after this, people should definitely know you. If they want to act like they don't, um, I don't really know where else to go from that. You know, what I mean? you better act like you know. <laughs> Definitely, man. But you know, um, I don't. What else to say, man? You know, you already gave us the Twitter, man. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure you follow me on on Twitter uh, at str the number eight o u t d a d n. Um, and as I stressed earlier in the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Subscribe, shout. Do that. That's it's simple. It, it's not that hard. Just go on it, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Yeah, and you know here it is, man. Olin, it's coming out September first. Yeah. Hashtag soon come. Hashtag Olin. If you like what you see, share some of my shit and just type hashtag soon come. Soon come. My name is <laughs> Caribbean, so I'm gonna say. It. Dope, man. Well, hey, I appreciate your time, bro. You too, man. Peace. Cool. Peace.